Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, it's a gorgeous day here in Boulder. I am fresh off of a Friday night Daboom date night, totally feeling sore even though I've been working out in my life for almost my entire 45 years. I still enjoy that soreness. Um, And what I love about the fact that I feel sore is it means I pushed my body in a different way, which is crazy to think that you can continue to do. So I am, soreness means you're developing new muscles. That's how I'm going to look at it. So I'm training for a triathlon this year, the Boulder Peak Tri on July 9th. I actually won that race four years in a row and this was what, 2000 to 2004 or something and I'm back a decade later with five to 10 hours a week to train. So it's an entirely different experience. Um, actually I have a discount code for you. If you want to do the Boulder peak, 15 bucks off, can't beat a discount. It's D D E boom 15 and it's case sensitive capital D E capital B O O M 15. Um, let's support those guys. They're doing good things in the community. Um, but here's the deal because I'm doing a race, I can't do it alone. So I created a women's training community to hang out, support, get live expert advice and all kinds of other stuff. It's called the Real Women Move Challenge. So I encourage all of you to join (laughs) because it's free. I mean, it can't hurt. Free cannot hurt. It can't hurt to join up and get in there and see if it resonates with you. There's lots of cool women in there who are sharing all kinds of incredible, fun, and sometimes weird uh, training stuff. So go to skirtsports.com. You'll find it in the community section. Anyway, I created training plans for beginners that can be easily modified for more advanced athletes. And the one thing I insist on that's different than any other plan I've seen is that one day a week you do something I call active fun. I literally created a day called fun training, (laughs) active fun. I love this concept. I mean, it's who I am, but I think it's the key to long-term fitness success. So last night I did the boom date night. That was my active fun and I'm sore today. And yes, I also call that fun. So before we get started um, on today's episode and with our our incredible guest, I want to let you know that I have an ongoing skirt sports giveaway on my Nicole DeBoom Facebook page. All you have to do is enter to win a $50 gift certificate to skirt sports. I'll draw a winner every quarter. So go to my Facebook page, it's facebook.com backslash Nicole DeBoom, click on the giveaway tab and enter, share it with your friends, be super cool. Um, that way you can outfit yourself with the best fitting, most comfy, cutest women's activewear for women of all shapes, sizes, ages, and levels. You know, I am very proud of the company that I started back in 2004 and I just want to share it with the world. 
All right, all right. Let's get on to our guest today. I'm so lucky to have a friend who works at Noodles and Company. You know the restaurant. It's a fast, casual, pasta-based concept restaurant that serves up uh, noodle dishes in many varieties. They're inspired from cultures and flavors around the globe, from Japanese to Korean to Italian to American. Uh, I had the opportunity to interview their executive chef, Nick Graff. And since Noodles is based in Broomfield, Colorado, I went straight to their headquarters and got a glimpse behind the scenes. Nick is a really cool, down-to-earth family man who has a clear passion for food and creation. He grew up in a food-centric family, and he worked his first job in a restaurant in Southern California, and like the fire was just stoked immediately. So he went on to culinary school, and after that, he worked pretty much every position at a variety of restaurants before landing at Noodles. So we dig into what makes him tick and how he creates food that doesn't compromise authenticity while still appealing to the masses, which is hard to do. With over 500 restaurants across the country, Noodles is, I would consider them to be a clear leader in the fast casual industry. Um, They're definitely on a path to continue trailblazing through innovation, um, incredible customer service, and some of the other things that you'll hear about today. So with that, let's bring Nick, uh, Chef Nick, on the show. Um, Welcome to Run This World. Thanks for joining me for my podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So Noodles is one of my favorite restaurants. It really is. Wow. And it has been, and it has been for a long time, but it has been even more now that I have a kid. It's one of the most kid-friendly restaurants I've ever visited. What do you think about that? Yeah, we're very focused on, on the kids. The kiddos are uh, a big part of what we do. Uh, I mean, last year we, we, we actually introduced a new kids menu specifically to get more of them to come in and see us. Okay. Uh, we think they're our future foodies. Oh, they are. They they're are. totally the future foodies. Um, couple thoughts on that. So I went to your location by Ideal Market in North Boulder the day you introduced kids. I was like, what's going on here? There's like an actual kids menu now. And then what had happened, it was so popular that day that you ran out of all the fruit. So it was like, okay, you get two crispy treats, we'll take it. I ate one, she ate one, it was perfect. I mean, it's been a huge hit, right? Oh, it's been a huge hit, yeah. it's. Um, you know, when we first rolled it out, the whole plan was to create something that that would introduce kids to something um, a little more sophisticated than what you see everywhere else, uh, give them options like the adults have in their menu, um, and treat them, you know, as equals. And the whole idea being that they'll grow up appreciating better food. It's so true. And you mentioned, like, kids are foodies now, right? They really are. They're far more sophisticated than, than, than I was, that's for darn sure. Okay, well let's talk about, we're gonna come back to the kids later. I just love talking about kids, and we're gonna come back to yeah. your kid and my kid and all their food issues. Um, I wanna hear about what it was like when you were a kid, because what I wanna do is take people down this path so they can understand how you become a big time chef in the, you know, at a big time company doing big time things. So I know from my Google stalking that you grew up in Southern California. Yeah, I did grow up in Southern California, a little beach community, Del Mar, um, kind of a little piece of heaven on earth. It really uh, is. But um, you know, I grew up in an Italian family, and they were always cooking. Uh, we rarely ate out. 
Uh, we always cooked. I had one grandmother who made her pasta, made her raviolis, uh, and it just sort of was in the blood early on. Got, you know, got into high school and I needed some money. And uh, so I took a job dishwashing in a restaurant down by the beach. And, Which restaurant? Uh, it was called Deanie's by the Sea. Deanie's. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I took a job dishwashing there. And before I knew it, they asked if I wanted to prep. Before I knew it, I was cooking. And, and uh, it was just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a very social atmosphere. It's, uh, it's, cooking is, is half work and half fun. And uh, I, I just it got my blood early. Well, I think, you know, I just have this vision of this Italian family living in Del Mar. <laughs> yeah. like, and then just this the idea of, like, sitting around the dinner table and this, like, amazing food being served every day. I mean, was there a ritual that you guys had around food and eating? Uh, well, I, I would tell you that myself and all my siblings always participated in the prep of dinner. Uh, whether one of us would do the garlic bread and then maybe the other one would, would help, help mom with the sauce. Uh, it was always one. Uh, we're always involved, um, and I think that's probably why uh, not just myself, but my sisters are also all pretty good cooks. Well, I mean that's so cool because I really grew up playing outside, and then my, someone would scream dinner, right? <laughs> and then you'd run home and you'd sit down and you'd just get served. I wasn't part of the process. So I didn't learn to appreciate what goes into cooking mm. and preparing food for myself and others until I was an adult and like in charge of myself, right? Yeah. So I so appreciate where you came from with this. And you know, today there's cooking shows for kids. I yeah. mean, they're encouraged to learn this early on, yeah, right? Yeah. But you had an advantage over other people, I'm assuming in a, same, a similar generation to mine, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, Everybody, everybody, every evening was wrapped around the dinner, whatever it was, and and you know, not I didn't get to cook every night. Some nights I it was my turn to set the table and do the or do the dishes, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it was just a cultural thing in our household, and uh, I'm thankful that we uh, that I had that, uh, and you know, I try to bring that same thing into my household now uh, in in real time today. So how do you do that? Uh, we have we have a son and. Uh, uh, Davin is forced to uh, join in the party. Uh, <laughs> and, and I say forced, but but um, I can tell you, as soon as we start to pull the gro you know the groceries out of the cooler that we're about to prep, he's the first one to say, "Hey, what can I do? Can I help?" Uh, he always wants to jump in, so uh, it's might be in his blood too to to make some food for others. So, do you encourage people then to get their kids involved? And if the answer is yes, <laughs> yeah. how? Uh, you know, it, it start with the simple stuff. You know, let them, you know, let them measure stuff for you, and and let them stir the pot. You know, I wouldn't hand them the knife the first day, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, but uh, you, you get them involved in in the easy stuff, uh, because you know, even if they don't become chefs, eventually they're gonna have to cook for themselves. Um, and uh, I know I don't know how you are, but I know when I cook for myself, I want it to taste good. Uh, so. Help, help them help them learn how to do it I know that's I mean it's such a good point because we get so busy in our lives that we're just like I gotta get this dinner prepared go watch a screen while I do it I mean it's yeah. ridiculous so I mean I'm guilty of that that's why I'm I'm calling myself ridiculous right now but it's it's kind of how it is half the time it sure is yeah it's life is moving fast these days yeah but and it's work to include them but it's worth it it is and, and uh 
the more you include them, the less it becomes work mm. uh, because they get they get more into it, they get better at it, um, and they want to take on more. Yep, that sounds like uh, pretty much everything that's good in life. The more you do it, the more you enjoy it, yeah. the better you become at it. Um, okay, so you you went to culinary school. I did, yeah. So what the heck is culinary school? Culinary school? <laughs> I mean, I see these guys walking yeah. around. There's one in South Boulder, right? Yeah, yeah. And they have their like white outfits on. And I don't, is it like school? Do you do business classes and marketing classes and all the stuff you need to know about food? Well, it depends on where you go. I, I know that uh, I went to New York. I went to the Culinary Institute of America. And... Uh, they give you pretty much everything you need uh, to to uh, arm yourself to be able to go out and run a restaurant, whether it be the cooking, the business side of it, uh, the marketing side of it. They teach you how to, you know, build the facility in, in the event that you are you want to have your own restaurant. Um, so it, it it does depend on the school itself. But uh, uh, you know, it was funny, you know, when I first went to culinary school, I went because I wanted it to open more doors for me. You know, and it, you know, it's it's all you know. You know, school's always about getting that piece of paper that says I I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, the reality was that when I finished up, that didn't open the doors as much as just the networking and having worked with people. Um, and in this business, if you're a good people person um, and you're willing to work hard, uh, you typically don't end up looking for work. It ends up finding you. Wow. And uh, so I've been lucky in that manner. That's a really good point. I think that transcends uh, culinary school or college in general, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. You know, did you go into it thinking, I'm going to open this like pierogi restaurant or something from your Italian heritage? And you went to school and then you were like, I'm not, totally not doing that. Yeah. We, I think everybody who goes to culinary school goes in there thinking, I'm going to learn this so I can go out and open my own restaurant and do my own thing. Um, and the reality is you get out and you... Um, was it day one at school they, they tell you uh so you want to be a chef and then they give you all the the pitfalls up front and they say you sure you want to be a chef and you start to rethink it all uh but you stick with it um and some of us come out we want to open our own restaurant still some of us come out and we say no you know i want to work in different areas of the field and so um you know like for myself i bounced around early in my career and just kind of learned different cuisines and and that was fun to me um, so tell me about that a little bit, like all the different cuisines that are out there. And I kind of ask because I know that as a, a person in a relationship, right, I have a husband and a kid, we get into this rut where we're like, what do you want for dinner? And we can only think of three things. Yeah. It's like the same three things. And so I know there's so much out there. So let's open people's minds at least for a second here. Well, first, I'd ask yourself that question, what do you want for dinner when you're cruising the, the protein aisle or the produce aisle at the grocery store, not when you're at the house. And um, I, I'm the same way. If, I, if you That's ask me point. what I want for dinner and I'm sitting at home, I'm looking at a box of Cheerios and saying, well, I'll eat the Cheerios. Yeah, That's cereal's fine. fine. Yeah. Versus if I'm in the grocery store and I'm walking down, oh, there's some nice lamb chops or, oh, there, you know, there's some great broccoli robber. You know, you, you, You'll, you'll find yourself being more creative, I think, if you ask yourself that question when you're walking the aisle at the grocery store. That's and true. stay away from the center of that grocery store. That's right. the worst place to, to shop. So why? Tell uh, us why. Because that's where all your processed foods are. Think about it. All your refrigeration's on the exterior of the building. That's because that product needs to be held fresh. Um, and it needs to be held fresh because it is fresh. Uh, all that stuff in the middle there, it's garbage. 
it's preservatives, it's it's chemified food, it's it's not good for you. None yeah. of it's good for you. I mean, you know, there might be a few furies where, you know, if you need like some grains or something, yes, you'll find those there. But by, for the most part, if, if you need an ingredient label that's got, you know, six or more ingredients, you probably got a problem there. Well, wait, this is noodles. There's definitely noodles in the middle of the store. Yes, there are. <laughs> and if you look at the ingredient label on there, though, that's a real short label. True, yeah. true. Absolutely. Uh, that's great advice, and I think people need to be reminded of that because those easy prep foods are often in the middle. Yeah. Um, well, but you made another good point, which makes me think about that word prep. Yeah. Like if you actually think before you even go to the grocery store, what do we want to have for dinner this week? then I think maybe you'll have, be more inspired. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and, and when you're cruising the grocery store aisle, you know, pick stuff up. You know, maybe you don't know what you're going to do with it right away, um, but there might be, they might have spaghetti squash in, you know, in the produce aisle. That's a great, great vegetable um, that's super easy to prepare. You stick it in the oven, you forget about it, and you prep the rest of your meal. By the time you're done prepping the meal, the spaghetti squash is ready to go. I love it. Um, I'm hungry. Gra gra don't, don't be afraid to grab stuff, even if you don't know what you're going to do with it. Yeah, I think that's that's another good point. And I think a lot of people also shop on sale. So spaghetti squash is on sale this week. Ah, that's yeah. going to help me pull the trigger. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you, you go to culinary school, you come out, and then what? Uh, I, uh, I headed back to SoCal. Um, it's, it's, where, you know, it's where my roots are. And... Um, Truthfully, I missed the beach at the time I was still young and um, wasn't terribly responsible oriented. It was more go get get myself a good job that will allow me to get up in the morning, do dawn patrol out on, out on the water, and then go to work or, or do sunset sessions after work. You know, I just wanted some way to be able to hit the beach when I'm not working. So fitness or, you know, sport in the form of surfing, which is a very spiritual sport, yes, it is. as much as it is a physical sport, that, that's always been an important part of your life? It has been, yeah. I still have a surfboard in my basement here. How are you, how are you using it? <laughs> how are you getting that fix in Colorado? Uh, I, well, I get, I get back home a lot. Um, you know, we vacation, uh, we have, our family has a timeshare. Uh, in Maui, and so we make oh, our way out nice. there. Um, so I find I find ways. It's not daily, yeah. unfortunately, but yeah, um, I get my fix, and when I get it, I wear myself out. Yeah, and so. and I'm sure you know that's you know where a lot of the inspiration comes from. Oh yeah, when you're sitting out there waiting for the waves to come in, your head is clear, and it's like all kinds of stuff comes to mind. Then when I'm when I'm uh, sitting out there i'll think about food uh it, you know the funniest thing is you know when i actually think of the the best dishes i think is when i'm cutting my grass wow you're just walking in lanes and something hits you and i'll, I'll literally stop and get my iphone out and in my notes right no oh, don't forget about this i love that because if you don't write it down right then it's gone yeah it's gone Whoa, okay. So you, you uh, have been involved in many restaurants that most people have heard of by now, like the Rock Bottom restaurants. You were there for yeah. over a decade, weren't you? Yeah, I was, uh, I was at Rock Bottom for 15 years. Wow. Uh, worked, uh, I worked on Rock Bottom and Old Chicago and Chop House and Walnut Breweries, all their brands. Wow. Um, yeah. It's cool. So what'd you do there? Did you kind of climb the ladder or work all the angles? Uh, I, I always joked that I was company spackle over there. 
Um, <laughs> wherever they had a hole they needed help if it was culinary yeah. involved I was the guy they stuck in there I love uh, it I started as a chef in their company um, worked my way up into training I spent time helping develop uh, it was I, I was all over the place so a lot of people say that being the spackle at a at a company is won't lead you really as far as you could go because you don't specialize in any area but it seems to have led you pretty far I, I think so I mean it, I would argue that, that having all those different experiences uh, makes you a more well-rounded individual. And, uh, you know, it's, it's worked out for me so far. I'm with a great company now doing what I love. It's amazing. Um, so I was a waitress, my favorite job ever. I worked at Murphy's in Boulder. Oh, cool. Do you remember Murphy's? Yeah, yeah. They're stressful. still there, yeah. Um, and now Stefan, my friend, uh, owns it, but he was a manager when I was there back in 1995. Wow. And uh, I, I thought I wanted to be a cook. I really did. And um, I said, let, let me do some of the cooking. They're like, why don't you become an assistant manager instead? I think they had a feeling. Yeah. So, you know, the first day I'm on the line, oh my God, I couldn't keep up. It was over my head. Yeah. So yeah, I was much better suited waiting tables and, and doing the things on the floor, but um, huge respect to that industry. It is the people who gravitate to the, I don't know, food industry, It's there's so much passion and it's 100% commission and it's, er, commission. Uh, I forget the word I'm trying to say, not commission, 100%. Um, Gratuity. At, well, that too. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, you're just all in. You have to be all in, and it's so intense. And then you're done yeah. at one in the morning, and you go home, and you can do your next thing. So it's like you you keep different hours, and um, it's just a different kind of lifestyle. It you, is a different yeah. kind of lifestyle. Um, I would I think you're absolutely right that you have to be all in. And for those who are all in, there's almost it's brotherhood's not the word I'm looking for, but there's a click that. The restaurant people have I mean uh, and you know when you're talking to somebody who knows restaurants and doesn't know restaurants um, it's it's a it's it's a fun world to be involved with um, and um, sometimes I miss that day-to-day -day, um, grind that, that you, you do in a restaurant um, but we have a good day-to-day grind here too that's it's just a different kind of grind well yeah um, and uh, it's a lot of fun I mean you've kind of You've crossed over to the other side. Yes, I crossed yes. over to the other side. So my husband and I always dreamed that we would open up Pipes Cafe. Do you know it in no. in uh, Cardiff by the Sea? It's Pipes. right next to that. Um, there's like a Vigi's Donuts. Yeah, it's Love right Vigis. on. Yeah, it's on the other side. Vigi's has got the best <laughs> donut on the planet. It's like disgustingly awesome. Oh it's yeah, it's so good. And Pipes is on the other side, and they make those like football-sized uh, burritos. And oh, they cool. used to put like eight eggs in them, and I mean, and they were two ninety-nine. You yeah, know. Yeah. It, anyway, we 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 did not move forward with uh, opening a franchise, but. Um, it's like a dream of ours. So, you know, you're living this life that a lot of people, because food is so important to us and we're so passionate about it, that, that I think a lot of people probably look at what you do with envy and reverence and maybe have a different picture of what it's really like. Yeah, I think, well, you know what? I think you go back 15 years ago or so, I don't think people understood our business the way they do today. Uh, I think the Food Network has really opened their eyes to um, to what a, a fantastic world this is. Um, it's educated our, our guests. Our guests are 
far more demanding because they've seen you know Emeril and and Gordon and all these guys do these things on TV and and they're like oh that's awesome they want to do it and I think a lot of them are doing more of it at home because of these guys um, but um, I I think today people are far more savvy um, as to what the restaurant world is about I think they're mo much more res it's much more respected profession yes um, there were I mean there was a time where um, I wouldn't say you were looked down upon as working in this business, but um, you weren't certainly held in high regard either. So. Yeah, and that has definitely changed. But, you know, like photography, everyone's a photographer now. Everybody's a chef. Right. Um, but let's get down and dirty onto, like, how you operate. Sure. So, okay, one just out-of-the-box out thought. What's your specialty outside of noodles? Like, what is the thing you love making? If you had your best friends over, what would you make them? Well, okay. For starters, I, I would tell you that any chef who has a specialty um, probably doesn't have a specialty very long. We continually evolve. Good point. Um, I mean, early in my career, it was all about seafood. I was grilling fish every which way I could do it or preparing it every which way I could. I love seafood coming from the coast. Um, you know, then I got into microbreweries, and before you knew it, I was cooking with beer, trying to find ways to cook with beer. And so, I think we all evolve over time or, we, or um, a new trend catches you and you kind of immerse yourself into it for a while um, and then something else comes along and you know it's like it's like a trout sees a different lure totally. and goes after the different lure. <laughs> um, I think um, you know for, for me to say I have a specialty I really don't have a specialty um, I, I, I cook it all I mean it's right. so awesome, but you have to, you know, going back to when I was a triathlete, you couldn't just be a good runner and win the Ironman. Yeah. You had to be good at all three sports. So I get it, and I think that's so cool. We've been uh, we've been watching, uh, I think it's called Throwdown with Bobby Flay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. But I was imagining if you were on there, what would you, what would you throw down? Wow. Today. Well, honestly, I'd just be happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a good question. Well, I, I would tell you that um, my number one food group is the avocado. Okay? Oh, you're speaking my language. When I was pregnant, I ate two or three a day. I, I couldn't get enough. I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> you're not you pregnant, get, but you're still with me. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get a nice, ripe, creamy mm. avocado that's got lots of oil in it. Nothing's better. So um, wow. I'd keep it simple probably and go after them with my guacamole. Oh, yeah, cool. Okay, mm. we're going to get you on. Let's get you on. <laughs> you guys listening, let's somehow let's get him on because I want to see that guacamole happen. <laughs> we make it in our household at least once a week. It's a, it's a ritual. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We'll have a secret. Can we have a secret recipe that I post? Uh, yeah, I could give you a secret recipe. Yeah, yeah. It won't be secret anymore. It won't be secret anymore. Yes. You um, guys, we're going to post Chef Nick's guacamole recipe. It's actually a recipe that... Um, uh, my first job as a chef, I was in a restaurant in Del Mar that was an authentic Mexican restaurant. We did like pescado pabil, wrapped in banana leaves, and carne asada tempeh the real deal stuff. But what we did do is, uh, which a lot of, I'd, I'd like to believe since it was in 1990, dating myself here, um, that we were on the front edge of this, but we did table side guacamole back then, which nobody was doing no at the time. No one did, no. Um, that and the shaker margaritas. Um, and uh, this recipe I kind of developed over time there that, that just, it's, it's 
pretty good guacamole. Well, you could give it to us, you know, skip one ingredient or something. The magic, maybe you have to keep that out. Or just let it uh, out. Who let cares? Let it out. Let it out. You know, giving up free stuff is trending. Right. <laughs> So um, so let's talk about some more, you know, food stuff, because you're an expert on food. Or even if you're, you're not, you are to all of us listening. You know more than and have handled more food than probably 99.9% of our listeners here. I've heard, handled um, my fair share. <laughs> and this is a PG show, so we're going to keep it there. But mm-hmm. um, what uh, magical foods do, other, do people underestimate well, or, I think- or not consider? I think what's surging right now are a lot of the Asian ingredients. Mm. Um, I, I think, um, you know, for years we all went to our favorite Chinese restaurant and uh, you, you got the Kung Pao chicken or the hot and sour soup. And, and I mean, there are all these main, what, what we consider mainstream Asian dishes. And I think, I think that segment is really going to continue to blow up you know Koreans hot right now with the kimchi and the gojijang you know totally. and uh, you get into the Thai food and the galangal and the and the ginger the the different gingers and, um, there's I mean there's totally. so many ingredients within those cuisines that we're just now familiarizing ourselves with and we're seeing kind of come to the surface well and they're they're like on the fringe still but you know you have a restaurant that's more mainstream so how do you bring some of those uh you know interesting and unique flavors and ingredients into noodles without you know having it be a complete flop right off the bat that's a great question i mean it's there's there's a balance we have to strike here we want to bring the authentic flavor into the restaurant but at the same time we don't want to get so far to one side of authenticity that the guest doesn't know what it is right um, because then the their intention to order it's probably not going to be there they're, they're, they're going to be a f- no one wants to risk their meal a, a, a bad meal on something they don't know uh, so we have to make it comfortable for them we have to make it approachable um, and so you know we are about global flavors and so what we do is we try to bring those ingredients in but at the same time make them uh, very approachable. Uh, the gojujang is a great example. I think we're the first national brand to actually introduce gojujang to the, to the what, world. What's gojujang? Gojujang is it's a fermented uh, rice chili paste um, from Korea. Um, and the reason I started working with it was um, it adds a flavor that, that you, you can't get any other way. And so when you're eating the food, you go, hmm, that's, that's really good. I don't know what it is, but it's really, really good. Uh, and, and so it's kind of the hook. Um, so we made this gojujang sauce, um, and we made a spicy Korean beef noodle, but we also made a Korean meatball to go with it. Uh, so that we're using it one in two places in a restaurant, and uh, that's always a good thing for restaurants. But we gave you an easy way to get into it if you want. If you don't want to invest your whole meal on something you're not sure about, try the meatballs. And if you like the sauce, Next time you're in, jump over to that Korean, that spicy Korean beef and see what you think. It's so smart. Um, you know, here's a question, though, with your policy in, in the restaurants. You may not know this because you work in a different area, but if somebody doesn't like their meal and they come back up and they go, it's just, I don't like it at all, whatever, what do you do? We'll make you something else. No. Yeah, yeah. So you guys listening, go to noodles because you can't go wrong, basically. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we want you to leave happy. We want you to have a great dining experience. And if one of our dishes doesn't meet that experience for you, it didn't meet it for us then either. 
Absolutely. So how do you how do you even get it to the table? Like, what's your tasting crew like? Our, ta- our tasting <laughs> yeah, crew. Do you have like professional tasters? And actually, can I? How do you how do you apply for that job? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know, we don't have tasting crews, um, but we have a lot of uh, we use a lot of measuring device and and uh, procedure. Uh, we're, we're very rigid in that area so that when you come in and you order, if you order something as simple as the mac and cheese or if you order the Japanese pan noodle, um, there are very st- strict procedures and measurements for everything so that you do get the same dish every time you come in. So we try to meet that expectation. Now, we do cook to order. Um, so when you come in, you may sense a subtle difference in there. You shouldn't see anything crazy different, though. It should be very, very close. I mean, it's really, it kind of reminds me in my world, um, the term would be your, your measurements and mm. your tolerance, they call it. So when a factory produces your products and say a waistband has a certain measurement, yeah. they're allowed to be within a quarter of an inch either way. So same kind of thing with food. Like, you know you're not going to be 100% exactly on because one little fleck of pepper didn't make it in. Yeah, it, it's cooking. Right. It's an organic process. Um, you know, and, and the best part about the because we cook your meal to order every time, hey, if you don't like carrots, we don't have to put them in. Um, or if you, you want to take the carrots out and double up your broccoli, you can do that. Okay. We're very customizable. So... This is something I always have an issue when I'm out with my husband because he's just like, can't you just order like it is on the menu? Because, you know, he's he likes to just kind of be simple and get it done, right? But I always go up there, I'm like, ask 10 questions, and then I modify about six times. And I wondered, is that super annoying, or do you guys like that? We, we encourage it. Uh, we, we actually encourage it. Uh, again, it comes back to making sure you get the dining experience you want. And if, if that means you need six modifications to the dish to make it great in your mind, then we're going to do that for you. And we're going to, we're, we're not, doesn't bother us at all. That's, we're set up to do that. See, that's really cool. And I think that's really different than a lot of other restaurants because you do feel high maintenance a lot of the time when you're asking for some of this and extra of that and none of that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are going after certain dietary preferences these days, paleo yeah. and gluten-free and vegan and whatever's out there. And um, it they tend to have like one restaurant that they go to because it's the only one who serves them that way. But you guys, sounds like you can serve every food uh, foodie out there, right? For, yeah, for the most part we can. I mean, we even have a few dishes that with some modifications can go vegan. Um, we, uh, I know that because I get them. Oh yeah. <laughs> have you tried the Thai green curry? It's so good. Yeah. It's amazing. A fantastic dish. Um, I would tell you right now, I think the thing that's trending most, uh, in, in when it comes to dietary needs is, is those, are those simple carbohydrates. Everybody's getting away from them. Uh, and sugar is just the devil right now. It is. Um, and, and I know that two years from now it'll be something else. It, it, it does change a lot. Uh, we, we try to meet the needs of everybody, you know, when it comes to dietary needs. Um, we're, we're not always going to be able to do that, but we, we, we do make every effort we can to meet that need. So what are your most, uh, okay, as a chef, you come up with ideas, right? Is that your part of your job? It is part of my job, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Idea today, we'll do buffalo something. You know, what are the biggest bombs and the biggest successes you've had right out the gate? And I like both. 
Okay. You know, we all have both. Well, we try to forget our bombs. <laughs> we do try to forget <laughs> them, but they, you know, they serve us later. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, let me think about that one for a second while we talk about some successful dishes. Uh, so here at Noodles, um, we released uh, a Veracruz chicken salad last year uh, with a jalapeno dressing. It's got a red chili chicken, fresh avocado. Uh, we the corn on there. It's we literally boil ears of corn and we cut it off so uh. that you get planks of corn because we want you to know that it's fresh corn. Um, this salad has has been well received and the spicy Korean beef noodle I told you about earlier it's it's been a, a really really big hit on the menu um, but then you know uh, the other one my favorite salad on the menu has not done very well and that's been the Napa chicken salad with the blue cheese and the pomegranate dressing and it's got some bacon in there and yeah, I think it's a great salad um, but it, you know honestly it hasn't done that great and you we'll, just can't know you have to keep experimenting I mean that's you do. the that's the brutal part is that in the end, 20% will last forever, but you have to keep revolving yeah. the products yeah. around them. And we have a lot of process in place to try to, to, to weed that out and prevent that from occurring. But in the end, uh, it's never 100% until you get it in front of the guest and see what they really think. And you know, that's a salad that just hasn't really hit a chord yet. Well, and how many restaurants do you have around the country? Uh, we're a little over 500 now. And is it, uh, you're in a lot of states. I mean, I see you everywhere I travel. Yeah, we, we're in, gosh, I wish I could tell you how many off the top of my head. But, I but don't pretty know. much it's, just it's a lot. nationwide. And I'm sure there's regional preferences. Too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. do you do regional menus? Uh, we don't do regional menus. Uh, we try to appeal, develop items that we think will be appealing everywhere we've talked about it in the past um there there are challenges from, from the supply chain side totally. in terms of getting you know if if you're doing something in iowa um you got to have some movement on the product or you have a hard time getting fresh product in so there are supply challenges to doing stuff like that yeah i completely can understand that because even with a clothing company there's certain areas of the country like florida who are never going to wear our winter products yeah so you got to kind of manage the chaos i think and yep. people often don't understand that there's a whole back end and that's what culinary school did for you yeah you know um what's your favorite part of the job favorite part of the job Oh, pro probably just playing with food. I mean, there are days in the test kitchen where, where honestly, uh, we don't have an agenda. We just saw some cool ingredients at the grocery store. We picked them up and started playing. Um, and, and, and usually what I'll do is uh, when we do that, if we got a lot of plates out, I'll, I'll throw a picture of what we've been doing all day on Facebook and just say, oh, rough day at the office. We had to, we had to eat 16 different types of noodles or whatever or we're working on crispy treats or right and they're all uh, over the walls and the ceiling and yeah <laughs> yeah so. oh that's so cool working on your okay by the way your crispy treats those are the best tell yeah. me they're healthy <laughs> just tell me uh that's okay. okay they're healthy um <laughs> i'll tell you the secret though is we make them twice a day uh oh, wow. I, that's i'm telling you that that's that's the only difference between our treat and everybody else's is that we make sure we make them regularly, twice a day. Uh, there's something about that crispy treat. You know, after a few hours, it needs to be remade. It's just amazing. Okay, now I have in my head a vision for a vegan dish that is spaghetti squash, 
mm. that has some sweet potatoes. I think those are trending. That's yes, my they opinion. Are. Some turmeric, right? Yeah. So a little anti-inflammatory something. So what flavor are we coming? Are we getting like a Middle Eastern uh, flavor? Uh, you're getting into Middle Eastern. You're getting into India. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So work on that for me. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. We are we are working right now on a spiralized vegetable uh, uh, pasta no. type dish. Yeah, where you take the take oh, the zucchini cool. maybe and spiralize it, and, and instead of using a noodle, we're using that. Um, and so we're, we're we're working on that right now. You guys uh, are cutting edge. Well, I don't know if we're cutting edge. Cool. We, we certainly like to play with whatever whatever people are looking at today for sure yeah you know and, and to be honest like the rise of the fast casual restaurant started i don't know it feels like just a decade ago yeah. and and it is as a, a small family like that's the way i prefer to eat when i'm going out because the kids don't sit still long enough for you to get served the whole you know the whole deal yeah standing in line ordering you sit down then you get served and taken care of and you can still put your feet up but as soon as the kids are done you got to get out of there yep. you can't wait for the check and I know as waiting tables sometimes I'd be so in the weeds that it would take me 20 minutes to get a check to somebody so I mean I think like noodles is just seems to me to be innovating and paving the way in this area and what you're doing is bringing in like you said global flavors so you're not just specialized into one area oh yeah no i mean we have one sauce that has 29 ingredients from and they're all from asia oh my gosh well and even so. just in the interpretation of the word noodle i mean you're based around like pasta but it's there's so many different things you can do with that there is yeah it's it's very it's a very flexible medium to work with um, you know, you mentioned, mentioned the fast casual piece. Uh, I, I think I think really people love the, the the fast food aspect of it, meaning you pay for it, you go sit down, and you get out. But but they love the casual dining quality of it all, and it's it's getting higher and higher. I mean, there are some there's some guys out there. You know, they got these little one off fast casual brands that they're doing fine dining food fast casual it's, it's it's just exploding it really is um i was in one i was in one place a couple of weeks ago and they had a full bar in a fast casual restaurant i don't know i mean i think my husband appreciates that you guys serve beer but i appreciate that you give the kids chocolate milk yeah so there <laughs> um well we are we're doing great i've got a couple more questions for you here because you know this is based on the average time it takes to run a 5k yeah. Which is 36 minutes and 38 seconds. So we're, we're, we're coming down on our 5K here. I'm not going to make it in that time. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Well, you know, you'd outsurf us any day, so it doesn't really matter. Um, picky kids. Do you have any suggestions for picky kid eaters? Um, you know, that's a good question. My kid's not picky, um, but I guess, you know, you can't, you can't make them eat what they don't want to eat. Uh, so you just try to steer them in the right direction, but um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, we have so much flexibility in our kids' menu that I would imagine that they could be as picky as they want to be. I mean, if they want vegetables, they can get vegetables. If they want fruit, they can get fruit. They can get a crispy treat. They got four entrees they can choose from. Uh, they can be pretty picky, and they can mix and match all that. They don't have to just. They're not set dishes. I mean, yes, it's spaghetti and meatballs, but. Do you want it with pineapple? Do you want it with broccoli? Oh, maybe you want a crispy treat. Uh, do you want the applesauce? I mean, you, you have options. True. So. And do you want the meatball next to the spaghetti? Because if they're touching, they might not eat it. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's it's just a matter of uh, just sort of giving them a different perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. 
What makes you happiest? What makes me happiest? Um, a nice foo-foo drink with an umbrella in it on the beach um, in the sun. With your surfboard right next to you. If it's there, that makes that's icing on the cake, but I just need the beach. You know, I mean, in the end, we all need that happy place that we can go to in our minds sometimes or for real. Yeah. So you know it actually exists. All right, well, I'm going to go for our last question. I ask this of every person on the show. And so the podcast is called Run This World, right? So if you could give our listeners one final piece of advice, one final nugget from Chef Nick to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? To run their worlds in a better way. Eat good food, and the key to eating good food is to treat your food with respect, understand what your flavors are of the, of the, the food you're preparing, and don't overwhelm those flavors. Let the food you're preparing speak to you. Um, all too often, your, your desire to put flavor into everything goes overboard, and now you've lost where you started with the product, meaning if you started with a nice piece of fish, don't overwhelm it with a bunch of stuff. Treat it with respect and love. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, now I, I need to go back and check out what's going on in the test kitchen. Nice. Thanks, Nick, for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. How cool was that? Good Lord, my favorite part is it has to be the new guac recipe straight from Chef Nick. <laughs> Um, check out the show notes so you can impress your friends with it. Uh, there's actually mention of a dough cutter, which I've never heard being used in guacamole, and I'm very curious about. Um, there's so much I love about noodles and Nick. First of all, I love the fact that if you don't like your meal, you simply walk back up and say, I don't like it, and they make you a new meal. And they don't make you feel bad. And you're encouraged to customize. I don't have to feel high maintenance anymore. It's amazing. So there, Tim, take that. I'm supposed to customize. Um, finally, I love Chef Nick's final nugget. Eat good food. Treat your food with respect. Understand what your flavors are. Don't overwhelm those flavors. Let the food you're preparing speak to you. I'm going to leave it there. All right, everyone. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, and I'll see you next week.